0: Welcome to the SLN Podcast, where your hosts interview top industry influencers and break down the latest trends in sports, fitness, fashion, and innovation.
1: The SLN Podcast is on now. This episode of the Sport Lifestyle Podcast is presented by Empirica. That's Empirica, E-M-P-I-R-I-K-A. Empirica exists to amplify your brand's growth a digital partner to the ambitious, a creative engine launching brands and igniting growth. The unagency where relationships matter, not transactions. Let's connect at empiricamedia.com. That's empiricamedia.com. Let's get the show started. Welcome back to the SLN Podcast. I'm John Peters. And my guest today is Bob Neville, founder of Direct to Consumer, a leading design and prototype agency for brands and retail experiences. Bob has been telling brand stories through retail experiences and design for over 30 years, so I was very excited to get his thoughts on the industry today. Bob cut his teeth in Hong Kong, opening stores for Adidas across Asia, before ultimately joining New Balance as global creative director and head of retail, where he oversaw 5,000 locations. With his new venture, DTC, Bob is now helping brands like Coca-Cola activate in new ways across the globe. Bob doesn't take himself too seriously, as he is also able to poke fun at himself with a few questions from our mutual friend, John Ram. Let's get to the interview. Bob Neville, how are you today? Really good,
0: John. How's, how's things for you over in the States?
1: It's it's good. You know, I uh, I, I wish that some, sometimes I wake up and wish that there were, uh, you know, we would follow other countries' guidelines on certain things and maybe have a little more leadership these days. But where where does this podcast find you? Where Where are you recording from?
0: Well, I've have spent pretty much um, pretty much all of this year in my garage um, down in New Zealand in our holiday house. So uh, it's been quite an interesting year. Um, got off a plane in January, and then with lockdowns and everything, uh, um, I haven't got back on a plane yet. So um, we should be should be back in Hong Kong uh, very very soon, though. So looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Newton in New Zealand, or is that where you keep all your cars, or, or what?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it, we're, we're very, we're very lucky. We've had, we've had our place down here for twenty odd years, and um, yeah, we normally spend Christmas and holidays down here, um, and it's, it's just really coming to its own, yeah, you know, this year. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's quite strange when you know I've spent my whole professional life traveling, flying, having meetings with people different countries around the world. And, um, you yeah, know, this, this year it's very much sort of in one place, um, in a garage, because um, I've got good internet connection in here as well. But, yeah, in, in my garage and only interacting with people via all, all the sort of social media and Zoom and everything else that's available to us these days. But uh, I think I think a lot of people, I think we've all learned a lot this year. And I think um, there's no question it's going to have an influence on how we go about our business and interacting with people in the future um, but you can't get away from direct human interaction
1: yeah Bob I'm glad you started there and we'll talk about kind of your background and, and what you're doing now in a second but maybe for our listeners what have you learned I mean I have zoom fatigue personally I'm on zoom all day uh, are, are you the same I mean you, you like to interact face to face I sense what, what have you learned about yourself or about your colleagues and peers during this during this time <laughs>
0: I yeah I, I'm 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 a pretty so I mean people out there's a lot of people out there that know me and um, I'm a pretty social social guy and um, you know I've flown millions of miles, millions of miles on planes um, but but at the end of it I think what's been good this year is that there's there's been a sort of it's almost a, a, a distilling and an intensity of the 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 more personal interaction even though it's been via Zoom and the like I I, I I've, I've experienced. A greater effort by individuals um, to reaching you know reaching out to each other um, talking discussing you know and, and having a laugh about the old times, discussing about where things are at now and the future and and so i've i've actually interacted with a lot of people just through the daily hecticness um, that i haven 't spoken to for quite some time um, we've all been connecting and there's a lot of great stuff coming out of all that so yeah, I know what you mean about Zoom fatigue. It's it's um, a little bit strange at times, but um, I think it's it's. It, you know, I try and always look for the positive out of the situation. Put it that way, and and I think there's a there's a lot I've learned. It does seem crazy now how you know we would turn around and say right, we let's have a meeting in Tokyo, and and there would be people from different parts of the world jump on planes, fly to Tokyo. You know, we'd be there three days, four days, all associated expenses and Flying out again, whereas like now um, you, you're forced to distill that communication and decision-making process into yeah an hour, um, a couple of hour sessions on on Zoom. So yeah, it's it's uh, I'm assuming it's been pretty good for the planet and uh, certainly cut travel expenses. So we've got to learn a lot from it, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, no more six-figure dinner bills in Hong Kong late at <laughs> night for for you for the uh, expense account there. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I, I actually find that myself and a lot of my colleagues. I don't know if this is true for you, but um, it's it's kind of harder to shut off. I think that's the one downside. And yeah. I think a lot of people are working more efficiently, to your point, than ever. Um, but but like detaching work from your bedroom or your, you know, garage or wherever, I think it's a little harder to do these days, but yeah. um, g- good, good and bad. But, but Bob, I love to start. I mean, you're uh, one of the <laughs> best executives to have a, a global viewpoint on what's going on in the world right now with COVID, but also retail. And, yeah. uh, you know, you spent a lot of your time uh, in Hong Kong and I'd love for you to start, you know, from your time at Audi uh, and, and what you did there and, and, uh, the, the different countries you, you worked out of yeah. and lived in. Yeah, I,
0: it's, it's, um, it's, it's been, it's been a really interesting journey and it's, it's a journey that continues. And, um, you know, when I, you know, I studied design, um, in, in the UK, um, found myself, you know, working, you know, in Hong Kong, um, and joined the Adidas organization, um, in the, in the mid nineties. And, um, A really, really interesting time because there was, there was, I think I was like employee number four in the regional um, office at the time, but it was, it was a little bit like the Wild West, you know, China, Asia isn't necessarily, or wasn't necessarily viewed like it is now. So there wasn't always the focus uh, in that region that there is now. So we had to just get on, um, sort of make do with the resources we had and, look to create business, make a difference and build a brand. And yeah, my, my area of responsibility with regards to sort of retail and the brand, um, events, I mean, it was, it was quite, um, cross functional in many ways because the team was so small. So that was really exciting. Yeah, we, we, uh, setting up and I was supporting setting up the, um, Adidas China office. Uh, with Sandrine, you know doing things with uh, Christoph Bazoo in Japan at the early days of Adi Japan. Um, a lot of really fun stuff, a lot a lot of travel. Um, and it's it's been interesting because again, this year, able to sort of sit back and review some things and think about things. And um, yeah I posted some pictures on LinkedIn. Um, one of a store we opened in Vietnam, Adidas store, the first one in Vietnam in 1996. And it just seemed to catch people's imagination. And um, yeah, so the, the dialogues coming out of that have been really cool and interesting. But it, it's really sort of set a pattern for my professional life, which is really um, telling stories of a brand, you know, building brand and commercial value um, through retail and um, other other platforms of of human interaction. And that's been you know really w- rewarding and you know, an incredible journey in, you know, in New Balance as well.
1: Yeah, and I'd love for you to kind of take it there and and talk a little bit about New Balance and um you know your your different roles. I mean, you wore yeah. many hats and uh, really taking the organization, wholesale organization to retail, and particularly uh, in Hong Kong uh, and and everything from yeah. design to store development, retail development. I mean, uh, for if if you're a retail junkie, uh, I, I feel like you should have a master class or a or a, a, a seminar on on retail because of everything you've seen. Um, but let, let's start with uh, with your first time in, you know, working for New Balance. What, was it Hong Kong where you, where you got your start? Yeah,
0: so, I, so I've, um, although, you yeah, my journey at Adidas started in Hong Kong uh, in the regional office, progressed to international, then became global. Um, we've spent pretty much our whole time um, hubbing, I suppose, out of Hong Kong. We, you know, living in Hong Kong, but flying out of um, Hong Kong. So, Again, the beauty of of the sports industry and and I suppose the corporate world is a lot of people that you have some great relationships. You know, move on to other organisations, so your network just grows quite significantly. And um, yeah, I found myself um, interacting with some ex Adidas guys in New Balance and um, with the family design business I was was working in at the time. Um, we did some consulting work and I ended up um, joining New Balance um, in, the late in the early 2000s. And um, that was great fun because such an incredible brand going back to 1906. But yeah, Darren Tucker, the head of Asia Pacific, an you know, incredible guy. Um, really, the mandate he gave me was to take a wholesale organization into retail. And you know, some of those challenges. Um, New Balance was viewed as a local um, second-tier Chinese brand in China um, again through translation and the, and, and the way some of the things that had happened so my job was really to bring the, the brand to life tell the story um, in an engaging way that that really helped people understand what New Balance was all about and um, you know the, 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 the piece of work we created called past present and future um resulted in a retail um, format um, that that yeah, just just caught fire and and in in a figurative speaking and um, and really helped you know reinvigorate the interest in the brand and that that was fantastic. but obviously, you know retail is all about you know the operations, real estate, retail marketing, retail development. so it it's not just how something looks but how you operate that. so it was putting all those systems and processes in place, but we just went on this absolutely fantastic journey with John Ram, Rob Martini, Alan Head, um, Darren Tucker. You know, so so many great people, and that was a you know, a fantastic journey over probably close to eleven years, opening stores all around the world, um, working on yeah you know, um, the Tokyo Olympics, um, Rio Olympics. Uh, all sorts of great stuff, and and that, that's just a real honor and pleasure to have worked with some people like you know Jim Davis and Chris Davis. You know, an absolutely uh, ins- inspirational time for me, really was.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I'd love to kind of go a little further on that. So so this was two thousand, I think I read two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when you were getting your start at New Balance. Um, yeah. How many stores were there when you were done, or how many were there when you started, and then how many? uh were there in 2020 when you left New Balance.
0: It was it was always a rolling, yeah, a rolling number because um, one of the things with with retail, yeah, you, you it it's it's all about evolution and revolution, but from a business perspective, you know, you, you're dealing with um, legacy stores or environments. And as you roll something new out, you've got to be cautious and conscious of some of those retailers and partners and the retail footprints that they've got, so it's always a, a rolling number. But um, I think Darren, Darren talked about probably close to about 5,000 or more um, locations that I was um, involved with, or our tools and materials were used um, to open during my time there. Um, but obviously, as some as some open, some are closing. Um, so quite a quite a di- it's always quite a dynamic. Um, environment to work in but when you join a brand or when you start this work it's very much like trying to jump in and start driving a moving car you know it's 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 got to be handled properly and professionally
1: yeah and you mentioned the past present and future rollout um can you tell our listeners what what that was and um maybe some some things you remember from that yeah so
0: a, a key part with um what i do i mean the creative part of what i do is it has to be based in fact, otherwise there's no justification and there's no way you can measure performance or ROI at a later date if you haven't got that basis of fact. So, even though a lot of what comes out of my area of activity has a you know, has a creative outcome, um, it's always based in fact. So we 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 saw that there was. A lack of understanding um, by the consumer, and the consumer has to be the core of everything you do. But there was a lack of understanding by the consumers' part of what actually New Balance was all about. So, you know, in China, we were trying to sell made in UK, USA shoes that you know retail for um, yeah you know, a couple of thousand, renminbi B versus shoes being sold by other retailers. Um, let's just say that looked very much like the New Balance products, but were retailing for say. 300 rem and B, so there was a there was a job of work to do to sort of explain really why that is and um, so what we did is um, Confucius said consider the past and you'll see the future so again. I was very lucky to um, you know, Spent the time I have with with um, Jim Davis and Chris Davis and the family and it was really about understanding where the brand came from in 1906 with the chicken's foot the arch support and this, this incredible story of performance that goes all the way back to 1906. So what I what I did is created an environment for telling that story, um, a retail environment, a commercial environment that could tell that story so that people understand that and are able to buy, in, buy into that story and, and that um, history through the purchase of the product. And um, it worked exceedingly well. We had this location... Um, just off Chenmen, uh, oh sorry, on Chen Men Avenue, just off uh, Tiananmen Square in Beijing, and um, a pretty small location. And we we opened the first Past Present Future store there, and um, we had all sorts of of things in there, sort of um, um, some of the original footwear from from the the sort of 70s, the Tracksters and everything. Yeah, some some real great archive material. But we opened that and. I think it generated 5 million US dollars worth of media and PR in the first four months, just, just through, just through that sort of, the the sort of viral nature of of what happened. And, um, and I think in the first two months, about 40% of New Balance social media was just purely, you know, the the chatter was purely about what we had created. So we, we could see that, you know, we, we we're, moved, you know, moved the needle. We'd we'd done something for the brand. And um and really what it was all about was just standing up, being true to who we were, what we were about, and and beating our own path and not trying to be like yeah, uh, you know, another brand, you know, and trying not to mimic what another brand was doing. And that 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 resonated and yeah, that became the platform for quite a significant um period in 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 the sort of the, the life of the New Balance brand, which yeah, I'm exceedingly proud to have been part of.
1: Yeah. And Bob, a follow up there. Do you, I mean, is that what you love most about your work and, and design is seeing people be able to, you know, whether it's tweet about it, interact when they walk into a store. I mean, what do you love most about um, the line of work, particularly what you did at, at New Balance?
0: I think it, it's, it's um, I mean, it's, it's, it's never quite as sexy to talk about yeah you know, retail operations and process and 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 all that stuff because it's it's not very sexy but that is really important and and that is let's say it's the that the hidden inner workings that that yeah you know, but at the end of the day it's about the consumer and that consumer experience and how they engage with with a brand so so i I like to measure in a couple of ways one is you know the sort of the brand engagement, the, the, the lifting of, of uh, you know, brand, yeah, brand metrics as a result of, of retail environments, um, and also you know, the commercial lift, you know, seeing people walk in and walk out with products. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we all have responsibility to ownership or shareholders and you know, we have to generate sales. You know, I'm, I'm as much part of the business as, as the next guy. Um so it's it's being able to measure it in both ways, but um yeah I think it's it's really important to have that sort of factual base um because otherwise you have no idea about how things are going or how things are performing
1: yeah absolutely and and just one more question, and then we'll get into what you're working on today bob, which is is really exciting um for our listeners who might not be familiar with retailer design in particular um you know you it seems like you're so meticulous in in this process that I I just been wanting to ask this question forever. So, so when you walk into a store and you see something at your eye level or something's positioned to the left or the the right or designed this way, that is your wheelhouse, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, it's, it's, I, I suppose in short, what I do is I tell a brand story. You know, I tell, I tell stories, um, in a way that that have to be you know, engaging and you know, as viral as possible um, but everything everything that everything that we do um has a basis in fact you know through operational process procedures um staff training vm yeah you know, there's there's all that great stuff but at the end of the day when when you know a human being walks into a space um, human beings react to like temperature, color, aroma, all these things, you know, human beings react to those in, in, in predictable ways, but also in ways that vary by culture and geography. And by understanding that, what you're able to do is ensure that you know, as a brand, you're presenting yourself in the best possible way, and that you're also presenting you know, your products um, in, in, in the, the best way possible to engage with that consumer profile and journey. And, and I think, you know, more than, more than ever now, you know, we've obviously got to, you know, accept and it's been going for some time now, you know, when people talk omni-channel or borderless, yeah you know, borderless retail, the reality is, is that, you know, human beings, consumers can interact with a brand any point, anytime, anywhere. Um, so the role of, I retail and I gotta admit I don't like the word retail, but the 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 way that consumers interact with retail really is is evolving quite considerably into that realm of experience and more sort of um yeah, more of an immersive type nature. So I, I don't see physical, let's say brand space as opposed to retail, but I don't see that disappearing anytime soon. I only see that gaining more momentum and and becoming more important as as we, as human beings, you know, we we love experiences, we love storytelling, and you know, I think one thing we've learned from COVID is human beings love to interact with each other and be with each other. So, I, I don't think um, yeah, physical space is going away anywhere anytime soon.
1: Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with you there, Bob. And um, before we get to what you're doing now, and and then we'll get you out of here. Uh, I just have to to ask two two quick small questions from from a mutual friend of ours. Um, you know, you being a design guy, your, your decks are, uh, are quite impressive because I've seen them too. So I'm just curious, two questions. How many pages is your typical deck that you prepare?
0: I know, I know where that comments come from. <laughs> um, sometimes I, I've, I've, I've evolved a little bit in terms of my, my storytelling, but, um, what I, what I like to do, particularly, um, at the start of a project is, is take people on a journey, and um, yeah, you know, I, I I have yeah you know, the finance part and operational part of what I do, where we're pouring over spreadsheets and everything. But when it comes to the brand, the brand essence, where a brand comes from, um, yeah, you know, it's really important to to tell that story and and allow that story to unfold and go on a journey. So I I would have to say some some of my some of my powerpoints have got into. Hundred, hundred and fifty pages. Um, some of those are quite click, yeah, you know, quite quick to click through. But um, I, I, I've also got presentations that are of nine pages. So um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know where the, that comment has come from. So um, I'll, I'll have a chat with him separately.
1: <laughs> well, uh, for our listeners, we're we're joking. This, this question, the second question came from the same guy, uh, Jonathan Ram, who, like yourself, is is a is a legend and well known in the industry and. Uh the follow-up there is uh especially since you're in the consulting world now, uh do you charge by the page? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, wish, I wish I did because then my, my PowerPoints would become long again. But um it's <laughs> it's um and it's funny you should say that because uh we actually had a, a client um two months ago when we were working through a, a scope of works, um, lit- literally turned around and asked, um yeah, how many pages in the brand book that we were building would they get for the money? And uh, yeah, we, we then had to actually educate them to the fact that it wasn't about, you know, you pay $10 and you get 10 pages. It's, it's more about you're paying, you're paying for sort of 25, 30 years of professional experience that that is presented in a way that's appropriate. So no, I, I don't, I don't charge by a page, but um, I, th- I think next time I interact with John Ram, I should do.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, well, Hey, uh, Bob, I do, before we let you go I, to the extent you can share, um, well, first why don't you tell our listeners what DTC is and and this is the new company that you've launched and you're working with some really innovative brands on the, uh, I know you hate the word retail, but we'll use retail front and telling stories, but tell us what DTC is. And, and if you can share some, some clients, uh, yeah. so, um,
0: the, the towards the um, or the beginning of 2020 um, really got to a point where um, I decided that it would be a good idea to set up my own um, design agency with with Dan and Gary, my business partners. And really, you know, the, the sorry, let's just start that bit again. So three, two, one. So towards the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020, um, I found myself with with a great opportunity to actually um, move back into doing my own practice. So something I was doing before I joined New Balance. So with, with my business partners, Dan and Gary, um, we set up what we call DTC. So DTC is about you know, direct to consumer, but it's also about the design test center about testing things before they hit the street or before there's consumer interaction so um we we straddle all sorts of areas um always focused on the consumer um, but through sport restaurant um all types of environments even even things like theme parks and um it's been a really really interesting um really interesting year because although there's been all the restrictions Um, we've actually interacted and delivered some, some really, really great work for a number of brands. I mean, we worked with um, Swire Coca-Cola out of China in creating a um, brand experience for them that roll through some Chinese theme parks. Um, We've opened up a a number of um, restaurants um, in Hong Kong, uh, which is, which has been great and rewarding to see that. And uh, yeah, working on a number of global brands that, can't really go into. But again, helping them review and, and really audit their their visible platform of, of, of retail environment and redesigning that. And then you know, one of those brands is then going to be rolling out a number of stores across China. Um, again, that's that's really interesting to see, considering that's an American brand. Um, so be really, really quite, um, yeah, really quite an interesting way of operating. But I think the intensity of using you know zoom and and those sorts of methods of interacting i think I think we've learned learned a lot from that you know the amount that we 're doing now with virtual reality um, sharing design work has um, worked really well so we you know we're doing more of that um, we're working with premiership football clubs um, we're working with sports brands um, restaurants um, really really quite a quite a mix and some of that we do. Um, as a share of equity for some some of the startups and others we're doing purely on a a professional engagement sort of basis so um, pretty pretty exciting times but it might be a little bit surprising that what we've actually able to do though you know during this trying time is is provide services um at a at a very competitive fast-paced nature but also reduce brands costs. Um, and some of that, you know, some of that savings that we can provide, and I'll talk about that briefly. Um, the brands are then able to use for brand building or other productive things for their business. Um, but one of those is, um, e-commerce photography. So everywhere now, you know, the, the, you know, they reckon that 10 years of evolution in America is being compressed down to a handful of months with regards to online, Um, e-commerce platforms and online purchase and interaction but all of these brands you need a photograph of your product otherwise you you know you're not in the business so we've we've got a number of um, capabilities where we're able to um, let's say offshore um, product photography um, out of the States and take that into uh, parts of Asia where it's closer to production and provide um, results that are um, quicker um, high quality and more cost efficient than perhaps what they were doing previously. So we've been doing that for a number of brands, and then that work then evolves into brand work, retail work, and the like. So um, yeah, sorry, bit a bit of a, a bit of a monologue there, but yeah, really quite, quite excited about what we're doing, and and really really encouraged by yeah the brands that we're working with during such a such a challenging year.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I love it, Bob, and I think. Uh, you guys have a lot of success coming your way and and oftentimes the the best ideas are started you know at at what would appear to be the worst time quote unquote but um i i think you're doing things differently and innovating with entrepreneurs which uh it's always a winning recipe for success when you're when you're doing that so 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 bob last question i can't let a brand guy get out of here without asking um, in sport or without sport or any, any, uh, industry, what brands give me one or two that are top of mind for you that you're a big fan of?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, for me, um, you know, I have personal, um, interests, you know, with cars. So, I just, I just love some of the things that have been going on in that space with regards to the work that Porsche are doing, yeah, Mercedes, um, the, 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 the work that goes on within, um, you know, motor racing and and the, the way that's become, you know, during the lockdown where nobody could go out, there was all the virtual racing. I love some of the things that are happening there, you know, with NASCAR as a brand. Um, when it comes to sort of high streets and, and the like, you know, I love I love the way that Tesla, um, still a car brand, but really took themselves to the center of the high street and and were presenting and selling cars in a new way, you know, beyond the big you yeah, know, out of, out of town car lot, you know, they went right to the heart of the city. Love that. Um, and all the interactivity Dyson, um, always enjoy seeing what they're up to and, and, you know, the interactivity, uh, the sexiness of those spaces. Um, but I, I think I enjoy seeing some of the, you know, the pop-up spaces, you know, the, the creativeness that goes into that and the, I suppose the more guerrilla approach because, Something I'm, you know, I'm. I feel very um, conscious of now is that, you know, I don't know setting up a store on Oxford, Oxford High Street, as an example, is necessarily the best thing to do because coming out of all this, or as as COVID evolves and the world evolves, I think there's going to be um, quite a quite a change to consumer behaviour, becoming a bit more local, um, yeah, appreciating what's what's closer to home. I think is is going to resonate more so i think having that ability to be innovative utilize pop-up um i think is great um and i you know there's some some fantastic examples you know out there but i love love the work you know that that new balance are currently doing you know chris davis is driving some great work um adidas always doing some awesome stuff um i love all the social media part of it but it's 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 just it's just a time for innovation you know we we've got to look at things differently and and there's just so much great stuff going on out there and i think it's good you know, to focus on the positive stuff yes there you know there's there's a lot of negativity and bad things happening out there but there's also a lot of great stuff and i think you know, to to focus on that challenge ourselves to think differently to approach things in different ways um to enjoy each other's company and, and you know share the love, I think that's that's really important today more than anything.
1: Absolutely, um, no, I totally agree, Bob. And I'd love to bring you back when uh, you know COVID has either passed or or we're in in winter and all we can do is podcast. So look forward to bringing you back on. Maybe we'll we'll get John Ram on and we'll do a uh, a one two three interview with all of us. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. But Bob from uh, from DTC, congrats on the new uh, venture and stay safe over there, my friend.
0: Fantastic, John. Chat to you very soon and I'm just going to get on the phone to John (laughs) Ram.
1: Ask him about a slide deck. All right, man. Take care. See you. Bye. Thank
0: you to our guests and sponsors. Without them, there would be no Sport Lifestyle Network. If you're listening via Apple Podcast or Spotify, be sure to rate us and subscribe. For more podcasts and to sign up for the newsletter, go to sportlifestylenetwork.com. Again, LifestyleNetwork.com. Until next time, play hard or at least look good doing it.